When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's whenever you're listening to this and you know what that means. It's the Wrestle With... Wrestle With? Wrestle With podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Dr. Damien Gibson, and joining me for the first time in a while due to a whole number of reasons I'm not going to bore you with here, it is my good friend, Paulie T. Hey, dude. We're back. We are back. It's been a strange... It's been a strange COVID-filled summer with uh, IVF treatments happening on my end and then emergency kidney stone treatments and a whole bunch of shit that's happened in the last few weeks. So, um, yeah, obviously Paul's done a few solo episodes and Matt and I have done a couple of one-off episodes, but this will be the format weekly going forward where essentially it'll be the week on wrestling each Wednesday. So it'll be the Wrestle Wolf week on wrestling on Wednesdays. <laughs> Um, so essentially Paul and I'll just be asking each other questions about, you know, what we've been, what we've watched during the week, things that have come up, just a more laid back conversation about wrestling rather than going through each individual match. Um, and try, I mean, there are times where we tried to find stuff to talk about when there was nothing to talk about. So, um, let's get into it. The first question I have for you, Paulie, is... When is the right time for TK to pull the trigger on Wardlow turning face? Well, I, I don't know if it's necessarily the right time, but I know exactly when they're going to do it. It's going to be uh, not uh, this week's Dynamite, but next week, because this week they're going to be in DC, and next the following week they're going to be in his hometown of Cleveland, Ohio. Oh, right. <laughs> And uh, yeah, uh, unlike uh, unlike the other promotion where um, you know the hometown hero always loses, uh, they they, um, they 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 write their their booking, they they plan their booking really well and make sure that the crowd is happy. And I reckon the crowd is going to eat it up. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good call. They do usually do that. So um, yeah, when's that? Three weeks away? No, 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 next week. Oh, next week! Wow. Okay. Yeah. So not. <laughs> So we're, we, we've got Dynamite uh, tomorrow, uh, which, which may be yesterday as you're listening to this. But um, uh, And then, and then uh, yeah, that's in Washington, D.C. And then next week, it's going to be in Cleveland, Ohio, Wardlow's hometown. Oh, cool. So that we can expect to see Wardlow turn face then. then. I, reckon, I reckon that is highly likely. And I, I think it, it just raises so many questions about this, this Sam Punk uh, MJF feud. Like, uh, wh- what's going on now? They really muddied the waters with that one. Hmm. Uh, we've got two two stories that are both uh, headbutting each other now. So uh, I don't know what's going on. 
Like that, um, it was it was really hot for quite a while, and then and then uh, MJF came out and said, "I'm done with you, uh, and I'm going to focus on getting the Ws." Uh, and then we had this powerbomb symphony over and over again to build up Wardlow, Wardlow mm. as this unstoppable monster. Uh, more and more teasers every week about him uh, turning face. Yeah, I, I just really don't know how they're going to weave that together. It's going to be interesting to see how it works. Yeah, they usually. I mean, I trust, I trust AEW almost implicitly now with storylines. So it is genuinely for me more of a thing of like, well, it'll be interesting to see how they do that. I assumed that, you know, and I think you kind of when you grow up watching a certain booker for forty years, you get used to how they do things. The obvious thing would be that Wardlow would turn. There would be a big match between Punk and MJF. Wardlow would turn in that match and help Punk win. But I don't think that's how this is going to go down. What What do you think? Uh, what do you think is more likely? It, I don't know. It feels like Wardlow's just going to turn on MJF before the match happens. Before Punk and uh, sorry, it, Wardlow will turn on MJF and turn face before. Punk and, and MJF have their big square off. Mm, and even when it, when that finally happens, what's a uh, what's a satisfying outcome of that match? Like it seems more likely than not that it'll be um, some uh, you know diamond ring involved involvement to uh, to cause uh, Punk to get his first loss. Hmm. Um, but I don't know just, about that, man. I don't know because. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, Danielson essentially put Paige over. I think Punk might do the same thing with MJF, you know? Um, as in they'll have a really good match and and And, and Punk will, will lose clean, yeah. Lose clean, yeah. I think so. He's Because he's, it's CM Punk. It's not like if CM Punk and it's MJF. If Punk loses to MJF, that's no... That doesn't mean that Punk's comeback is a failure or anything like that. In fact, he's doing the right thing by the young talent, which is why he said he wanted to come back was to work with all the best young talent in AEW. So, <laughs> well, he certainly he certainly did that to uh, to put put uh, Wardlow over uh, last week. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, man. Did you see the side by side of the Diesel Hitman Heart? match and the punk Wardlow stuff. I did, yeah. I checked Twitter the next day and, and Bret Hart was trending and I was thinking, no, he hasn't died, yeah, has he? No. <laughs> I just saw the same thing with Sally Field before we started recording and it was just people talking about Sally Field for no reason. <laughs> so, yeah, and then after I realised he hadn't died, I, uh, I saw the uh, clips and that was pretty pretty uh, impressive uh, replicas. Um, but I don't know if that was really... If that was really a uh, um, the right time to do that kind of thing, because uh, hmm. you know we've got um, some big big angles uh, that are that are happening and com- combining for that. So, oh, well, it was it was good, uh, and uh, yeah, it was an homage to Bret Hart. Yeah, well, I'm always going to be into that if it's got anything to do with the Hitman. Um, Speaking of storylines that have got a whole bunch of different things going on, are you enjoying the simmering storyline of 
who loves Adam Cole the most <laughs> with the elites. We've got the Red Dragons and the Young Bucks fighting over Adam Cole. <laughs> and now uh, Britt Baker has entered the fray as, as the kind of She-Ra to Adam Cole's man, except they're not brother and sister. Um yeah. Are the, you the enjoying all this? Is line. it detracting from the Orange Cassidy feud? What What are your thoughts on all of this? Um. Ah. Uh, look, it's it's something that I reckon could have been could have been wrapped up more quickly and doesn't really need to drag on. But all of the people here involved are so goddamn good at what they do. It's still really fun. It's still really entertaining. You know, mm. Sometimes, sometimes you just you, know, you you don't have to have a big build for a for a match if you know that the people involved are stars, and you'll get a you'll get you'll you'll get the your your money's worth and and this is this is makes me think similarly. It's like, yeah, it probably is dragging on a bit, but everyone there, they're they're pros and they're, they're mm. doing it really well. So yeah, it's okay. Is the but is the sort is the side storyline detracting from the main storyline is probably more my question because for me personally I'm more interested in what's happening with Red Dragon and the Bucks than I am with Adam Cole and Orange Cassidy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, look, uh, I'm not really sure why how the decision making process has been uh, or what what the um, what the actual decision-making process is to to for for the bookers or or Cole to uh, you know check choose his choose his feuds um, like it started off with Jungle Boy and that was that was pretty hot but then hasn't it been Cassidy for like three months <laughs> every week it feels like it's been a long feud and I I usually. I'm really into that. I much prefer that than the opposite. Um, if it's a great feud, if, and and the two people, the two main people involved are great, and people that I genuinely love as performers, I love Orange Cassidy, love how can you not love Adam Cole? Oh, he's but there, there is a part of me that is like, okay, th- because both of their entourages have got about seventeen people in it, and there is a part of me that's a little bit like, okay, cool, we've done. We've done the four on fours. We've done the three on threes. Now we've got the <laughs> mixed doubles match happening this way, and that's gr- that's cool. All good. It, it it all helps with the promo package for the pay per view. <laughs> but there is a point where I was like, well, you know, we can still have a one on one match between Cassidy and Cole and protect the feud, right? It doesn't always have to be seven people in the ring at any given time. You know, I think you've got a I think you've got a good a good point there, and I think um, uh, sometimes some of those decisions uh, just need a, a a few more minutes to uh, to to mull on before they come up with the, the plans for the in ring work. Yeah, it, it, there's times for me where it feels like the best part of AEW can also be its undoing at times, which is there's obviously a lot of creativity going on backstage and a lot of improvisation and stuff like that, and that's great. And it makes for a much more exciting TV show than <clears throat> other t- television shows coming out of Connecticut. But uh, it also means that sometimes it feels a bit like a year eight drama class where everybody's involved <laughs> when they don't necessarily need to be. I know that's a harsh critique. I know that, like, you know, you've got to get everyone on TV and it's been fun, but there's just a part of me that's like, 
feel like the the storyline for me that's sticking out in this feud is who loves Adam Cole the most, not Orange Cassidy versus Adam Cole. Yes, yes, and and this is one of the uh, one of the two uh, custody custody feud uh, custody angles that, that uh, they're running at the moment <laughs> with, uh, with Jericho and and Eddie Kingston uh, yeah. battling to determine who gets to uh, who gets to keep Santana and Ortiz. Yeah, who loves yeah. the kids the most? Yeah, Kramer versus Kramer. <laughs> Look, um, uh, look. You, you mentioned uh, the the, uh, the efforts being made to, to squeeze as many people on TV, uh, and that uh, that r- reminds me of something we were thinking about having a chat about later, and that's um, the fact that there have been quite a lot of uh, original AEW roster members that have not been on TV for quite some time, hmm. and um, yeah, I uh, just wonder wonder what your your perspective is on this, how. Um, they, they, they seem to be quite um, uh, very willing to to contact and and uh, employ anyone who gets discarded. Um, not mm. anyone, you know, those that uh, those that uh, are, are are good at what they do and and um, uh, have a uh, have a gimmick that fits in with their their, their needs. I suppose you could say, but um, you know, there's been. So many new members of the roster added in recent couple of months, you know, Punk and Danielson, the biggest probably. Mm. Uh, and so how do, you, how do you reach that balance where you, you can uh, allow the, the contracted members of the roster to actually perform their job uh, and, then, and also uh, give enough time to these, you know, I, I assume, you know, higher paid uh, uh, recent joinees um yeah i don't know and it, it like there's more and more people being released from the competition all the time in the last the, what 12 days william regal was released mustafa ali was released uh tory storm asked for a release two weeks ago at uh, tory storm uh, tony yeah t- uh, tony storm tony tory tony tony, tony. tony. <laughs> Um, and all the three of them, like, just roster. yeah, that's just off the top of my head. And if you were asking me if I was head of talent relations at AEW, I would sign all three of those people. But it does get to the point where you can't sign everyone, you know. So, and if you do, you run the risk of losing younger talent back the other way. Or yeah, I don't, I don't know, because there are a lot of people that I don't see as much as I would like. And I also think um, the complaint that I kind of had then of like, you know, 12 people coming to the ring for essentially what is a singles feud is a result of how many people have been signed onto the roster because you want to get everyone on TV, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, we, 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 we hear about the, uh, the pillars. So, you know, MGF, Darby, Jungle Boy and <laughs> Sammy, Sammy, now, yeah. and now uh, you know th- those those guys are, are going to be on TV every week, you know. Um, but there are plenty of other people that were employed at the same time as them, uh, who you know we've seen a few times and haven't maybe had it has enough of a chance to really give them a fair assessment. Hmm. Um, who uh, are just. Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe they've got backstage roles and their 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 contract is only uh, 
um, you know, as a part-time uh, in-ring worker. Maybe that's it, yeah. Well, there's some um, – I know we had this further down the run sheet, but there's a few people sort of being spoken about that their contracts won't get renewed. Is that right with AEW? That's correct, yes, yes. So um, uh, rather than um, – uh, I can't actually I'm, – I'm not sure on that point. There was something <laughs> that I did read about how uh, – and, and it was something about how Tony – uh, Tony Khan has decided to to not um, release talents, even though um, he's already decided that um, they're not going to be renewed once their their initial three year contract is up. Um, right. He's just paying them, uh, and and they're just not not doing any work. Um, which, as I suppose, um, somewhat like the uh, the uh, the ninety day non compete clause. Um, but um, I'll have to I'll have to check the details on that one and get back to you. But uh, there are uh, names being spoken about, like um, uh, Kip Sabian. Mm-hmm. Um, there was Joey Janela was uh, one. Yeah, Joey Janela, and I'm trying to remember uh, who was the other little dude. Uh, Marco Stunt. Um, yeah. Yeah. So three guys we have not seen on TV for quite some time. Um, Marco Stunt, probably the longest time. Uh, and um, Joey Janela, I remember in the original, in the early days when um, they they first decided to do a streaming show, uh, Dark, and um, I, I watched a Joey Janela uh, Kenny Omega match, and I thought it was brilliant. But um, yeah. yeah, I don't know, I don't know what happened there. Um, there's only so many matches on a card, right? I mean, that just that has to be what it is. I think I. I I can't remember if it was Joey Janela specifically, but there have been uh, quite a few guys uh, from the AEW roster uh, uh, take on outside work, like uh, GCW, Mm. Game Changer Wrestling. Yeah, Um, Warrior Wrestling is another one that comes up in my fight feed quite a bit that you see quite a few AEW wrestlers in. Yeah. And I think PWG is still, like there's a story floating around at the moment that um, TK and Brian Danielson had a bit of a, not an altercation, but a not seeing eye to eye on when, because supposedly supposedly Brian wants to go and wrestle in PWG and maybe GCW, right? Um, Because he can't get, he wants to go and wrestle in Japan, but he can't get to Japan. He wants to wrestle Osprey in Japan. but Wow. There's problems with that because, you know, the vid. Um, So he also, when he signed with AEW, he also wanted to do indie shows again. And PWG and GCW were were on his list. Supposedly he wanted to do a PWG show in the next couple of weeks. And TK not necessarily said no, but was like, hey, man, look, we're really on a roll with you in AEW, blah, blah, blah. Like, we would really like you to be here. It, It sounds like it was more of a creative discussion rather than an, for an argument as far as you know the the um the stories that i saw mm-hmm. um but the aw has had an open door policy with most of their talent with with any of that you know, with, you know even just with jericho having his like uh chris jericho's rock and rager at sea or whatever <laughs> you know yeah. like um it just makes sense to be able to let the guys do that because if if you know, if you do end up being a Joey Janela or a Kip Sabian, you can go off and earn money somewhere else and it's not a horrible ordeal <laughs> like it might be if you're at WWE. 
Yeah, um, that makes me think about the uh, very successful run that Matt Cardona is having at the moment. Oh, um, man, he's everywhere. Yeah. Um, he just gets paid like gig gig to gig, and he's loving life. So Yeah, I, there's been a part of me that I understand WWE is the, the pinnacle, so playing the Premier League or whatever to wrestlers. You know, you hear all, like, well, maybe not so much now that AEW exists, but before that, people wanted to go to WWE you know, I've heard Finn Balor say it time after time after time. It's like, well, this is the pinnacle, and I wanted to be in the top promotion, so that's why I'm here. But um, me personally, I couldn't think of anything worse when you hear the stories coming out of that company. And then being able to pick and choose what gigs you want to do, like Matt Cordona, that sounds pretty sweet to me, man. You do three weeks in Impact, and then you go to NWA for a couple of weeks, and then you go to GCW for two weeks, and... I don't know. That that sounds much more appealing to me than doing six shows a week for 52 weeks of the year in, in the Fed. Absolutely. Hey, um, I didn't catch any of Wrestle Kingdom, but uh, I believe you did. What, uh, who, 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 uh, who shone brightly in that one? I actually finished day two today. So that, <laughs> that aired on the 4th and 5th of January and it's the 19th of January when we're recording this. So take, I mean, it's 11 hours all up the mm-hmm. pay-per-view. So that's, look, um, I really love New Japan um, and in previous years I've had the New Japan network and have tried to keep up with what's happening as much as possible. The last 12 months I haven't done that. So I came into Wrestle Kingdom kind of cold I knew the vast majority of people on the card, but it's so hard. Like, I feel this isn't a criticism of New Japan themselves, but in Japan, there's you can't, you can only applaud. So the there's a crowd there, but it's completely dead. Um, it doesn't take away from the wrestling, but it does take away from the spectacle. And one of the things that I did really enjoy about New Japan pre the pandemic was the they were the first forbidden door company. They would have people just appear out of nowhere, like when Jericho appeared to wrestle Kenny Omega and all that sort of thing. And that's not happening as well, also because of COVID. So if I'm being brutally honest, the first night of Wrestle Kingdom was a bit of a snooze fest. I did, there wasn't really much that, that got my attention and it felt like we were treading water until night two. And I just, I did, I will just ask this, does a pay-per-view need to be 11 hours long? <laughs> you know what I mean? like i understand it's their big event of the year and it's over two nights but i just it's a lot i mean it is because they they allow the wrestlers to do 30 40 50 minute matches and it it, it leads to having the you know akada osprey match that we had on night two which was just phenomenal but I don't know, man. I wasn't blown away by it. The, the, the last two matches on night two were amazing. So Tanahashi versus Kenta in a hardcore match, which isn't, which isn't something you see that often in, in New Japan, uh, was brutal, and uh, they legitimately kicked the shit out of each other. Kenta ended up with a broken nose out of that, like a very bad one um, that you could yeah, that you could see by the end of the match. Uh, and then that was followed up for, and that was for the uh, IWGP US title. And then the heavyweight title match was after that between uh, the Rainmaker and Will Ospreay. That was just, I mean, it's a Carter and Will Ospreay. If you haven't seen it, you should probably go and try and find that match. It goes for 40 minutes. It's 
literally the two of them just matching move for move for the for the whole time. It's wow, phenomenal. Will Osprey stole the show for me. He he's so ready to be an international star. I I know he loves Japan and I know he's very loyal to New Japan, but fuck man, I just would love to see him in the States Absolutely. doing stuff like Absolutely. I, I I was so thrilled and and um uh, I absolutely uh, was just thought it was one of the most entertaining uh, shows of uh, uh, pro wrestling that I've ever seen when I was lucky enough to see Will Ospreay wrestle twice. Mm. Um, I think he was twice in one night when Melbourne. We saw. Yeah, the MCW show. Yeah, phenomenal. Yeah. Um, actually, no, there was, an, there was another occasion um, when I actually got him to sign my T-shirt, so that was even bit cool. <laughs> Yeah, you. I wasn't at that one, but there was one where you, Dave, and I went and saw MCW. He wrestled the first and last match of the night, right? And one yeah. of those was against Robbie Eagles, I think, from my memory. Yeah, who was like then, um, then uh, joined joined him in the uh, Birds of Prey with uh, yeah he uh, um, with Tiger Mask. He uh, retained the tag team titles. There's two tag team titles in New Japan. I can't remember which one it is off the top of my head. I'm sorry, guys. But, yeah, um, there was about two and a half hours of really top draw. You won't see a better wrestling in the world wrestling on, on, on Wrestle Kingdom. And then, yeah, just a lot of other matches that just felt a bit like filler. I, I'm sure there'll be a lot of, uh, you know, New Japan fans who come at me for saying that, but I just... I don't know, man. I've really loved Wrestle Kingdom every year. This year is probably the first time in a while where I felt a bit blah about it, and I, I just would ask wrestling bookers around the world, do we need to start editing ourselves a little bit more? You know, Do we really need six, seven, eight, ten, eleven-hour pay-per-views? <laughs> I just don't, I don't know if we do. Do we need three-hour James Bond films? No. Do we need eleven-hour pay-per-views? Probably not. You know, time is finite. Let's do some editing, guys. Well, um, that was one of the many reasons uh, that I uh, packed my bags and left WWE and, and moved on over to AEW because I was sick of watching three-hour uh, Monday Night Raws. It was just oh, too long. man. Far, far too long. Man, there was a guy, um, you know, he seemed like a sweet kid on Twitter this morning asking the question like, um, what's happened to wrestling for talking about the, if you haven't seen, there was um, only 3000 people at the raw that was taped on Monday night this week. And I think it was a 7,000 seat or 8,000 seat arena. Um, and of course they shoved them all on camera side and mm-hmm. it looked great. Um, and there was this kid on Twitter going, you know, what's happened to wrestling fans? They just lost interest in wrestling or you know, what is it? Like, a, you know, a kid who obviously just doesn't know that anything else exists. You know? <laughs> And then he just got hammered by all these people saying, uh, it's not wrestling, it's raw. <laughs> but it, I mean, yeah, man, WrestleMania is really hard. For, it's a shame because, I mean, I'm at the point now where I don't, I don't really watch any WWE at all, but there is still something nice about WrestleMania. There was still something nice about WrestleMania Day. You know, like a bunch of us get together and try and watch WrestleMania. And now it's over two nights, you know, like... I just think people overestimate how much. I mean, we both love wrestling, and eleven hours is too long. 
It is. It's for me, absolutely. Even if AEW yeah. did an 11 hour pay per view, I'd be like, geez. No. It's a long one. It wouldn't. Uh, speaking of editing, um, do, <laughs> does <laughs> someone need to intervene and tell Sammy uh, Guevara and Tay Conti to just simmer down a little with their social media pre- presence at the moment? Mm. Yes, they do like showing off their. Uh, perfect bodies and their amazing asses <laughs> but seriously go away <laughs> i think it's i think it's a little tone deaf when sammy was engaged only like three months ago a- and that was that happened on AEW TV. <laughs> yes it did mm. you know mm-hmm. i know they're very young i know they're very young and they're just in the moment and they're not doing anything wrong really you know people break up and get together with other people but as an old man watching this, there's a part of me that's like, you guys are really, really going to regret doing this when you're older. You really, you really are. Anyway, that was yes. that's our throwaway question of the episode. Um, how do you feel about seeing Punk Cause in the first DQ on AEW TV? Did you like that? I freaking loved it. that was some sweet sweet pro wrestling storytelling uh uh, i he he just he suggested like he didn't he didn't he didn't go he didn't repeat it and go go on and on about it he just mentioned it in a promo the week before he just said okay looks like uh, i'll have to uh i'll have to step in and make sure you you don't get those w's and uh, like he's gonna interfere in his matches and he did. It was brilliant, 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 brilliant. brilliant. <laughs> what I really liked about it is that it felt like the thing that was cool about Sam Punk, besides the you know uh, voice of the voiceless promos and pipe bombs and all that kind of stuff, was that he was always, whether it was a face or a heel or a tweener, a smart wrestler. You know, he was always one step ahead of his opponent, and it felt like MJF was starting to get the better of Punk kayfabe wise mm. you know there were a lot of zingers that mjf was throwing at punk where i was starting to agree with mjf a little bit where i was like yeah you have been a bit pg and you know <laughs> you seem to be on this kind of like retirement tour and it would be nice to see the old cm punk back and you know just brutalizing wwe and mjf and anyone who gets in his way and then this happened and i was like okay great that's you know this is this is cm punk he's one step ahead of everybody and that's the kind of punk that i that I love to see. Yeah, and and in the promo that followed, uh, we had uh, both both MJF and and uh, Punk were um, ragging on uh, WrestleMania. <laughs> it was pretty- <laughs> oh great! So so you'll get uh, you know you'll get get a match on a one night of a four night broadcast and then get fired or something like that. Yeah, what, oh god, what was that? Was old school Punk? Yeah, it was like you'll get a a small pop like on night one of a four-day pay-per-view that no one watches anymore or something along those lines. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty yes, pretty brutal. No one We're not getting any anymore. Brian Danielson <laughs> nice sportsmanship <laughs> from CM Punk when it comes to WWE. Um, Jay Cargill is now the TBS, the inaugural uh, TBS belt holder, and I can... Visually, I can see why, and from a promo standpoint, I can see why. Would Roby Soho be dirty on TK for pulling the Jade Rain, seeing how she just really didn't cut the mustard in in this match on the big stage? You've got to think so. 
you got to yeah. think so. Uh, uh, there were there were bits in that where I I'm pretty sure that um, I could see uh, they were calling calling verbals, um, and uh, and Ruby was like, "Oh, we're doing that bit now." Like she just messed up timing, mm. and uh, she was just so so stiff and wooden. Like uh, I mean. <laughs> The only the only mold that I think that she is going to be uh, really a, able to excel at is is a Goldberg come in hit someone three yeah. or four times leave like <laughs> it depends on how hard she worked but yeah you're right I, I absolutely agree with you I think at this point in her career that's all she can do is just be a monster and, and kill people they tried to Goldberg Diamond Dallas Page it with Ruby Soto. <laughs> And it just didn't. Yeah, and it was really. It's a di- shame because that tournament I had really enjoyed, and it I think the girls had all really yeah. worked their asses off to put that belt over. And uh, I don't know, the final was just lacking. And then when you're watching, um, you know, uh, Hikaru Shida and Serena Deeb put on clinics week after week, mm. you know, it just sort of, I don't know, man. It, it felt it left a bitter taste in the mouth. Yeah, look, I you know all, all power to them to try to make a new homegrown star, not have to lean on some recycled, you know, Ruby Soho or whatever. But they're they're already extremely talented, and they uh, I think they um, could have really uh, lifted that new title and give it some really put it over. But oh well, let's yeah. see how she goes in the next couple of weeks. Maybe um, maybe maybe uh, she'll get a new coach and something will change. Hmm. Um, speaking of debuts or WWE or ex-WWE people debuting, Jake Atlas debuted. Are you happy to see him on the AEW card? Wow. Uh, yeah, I was, I was blown away actually. Um, this dude is like 230 pounds and throws himself around like a lucha bro. Hmm. He's incredible. Uh, I, like it was pretty sad that, um, pretty, pretty, uh, Disappointing to see that um, you know he injured his injured his knee, but uh, he did tweet the next day saying that um, it's it's pretty much you know it's, it's, he said it's fine, so he's not going to be out for too long. Didn't give any details, I suppose it was just a I don't know a minor injury, whatever. I'm not going to try and yeah guess. yeah, um, which is great to see. Uh, and and it was really it was really obvious to me that um, uh, that Adam Cole is such a pro in that match, which was on which was on Rampage. That he could tell that um, Jake Atlas was really injured, so he applied a really gentle little like uh, leg lock, um, and just l- let him just tap out. So that mm. was, it was good to see. But up until that injury, wow, Jesus, I, I, I was really impressed, and, and I can't wait to see him back in the ring. Yeah, and not to uh, stigmatize people because of their sexuality, but it would be another gay uh, wrestler on the roster for uh, AEW as well, which would take the tally to three off the top of my head. Um, uh, so we would Sunny Kiss. Um, uh, what's that dude in the acclaimed call? Yeah, the Daniel? dude in the acclaimed. No? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> It'll come to me when I'm yeah. not thinking of it. At Jake Atlas, uh, yeah. which is good because representation is important and AEW said they were going to do that, so that's good. Um, is there... About spots, we don't talk about spots, man. Like I think uh, yourself, myself, and Matt are all a bit. We get a bit nervous about talking about 
the technicality or the the technical aspects of wrestling because we've never wrestled. But is there a spot that's caught your eye in the last? Should we call it spot of the week? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, look. First of all, the the injury that um, that uh, Ray Phoenix suffered. Uh, oh my on god! Dynamite was pretty awful to to to, to, to watch. <laughs> and you know what? He didn't break anything. No, it was amazing. Wow. I can't believe it. Like that, his arm bent backwards, like you would imagine uh, Brock Lesnar's trying to do when he locked up, puts in his Camaro lock. Yeah, but Did, legitimately, and his whole body weight fell on it. I mean, it, yeah. it was it, sickening. Yeah. Um. Uh, apparently, uh, um. Jeez, uh, oh, what's the name of the dude that hosts the uh, Wrestling Observer? Uh, Brian Alvarez. Yeah, Alvarez. Alvarez said um, that uh, that is that that um, motion that he did by by flinging his arm backwards to to take the fall is like an absolute no no. You really that's that's tried it's coached out of you in pro wrestling, like and it's really dangerous, and you can see why. Yeah. Anyway, where I was getting at with this was um, that this was a table spot, and uh, this was Luchasaurus um, uh, power bombing Phoenix into the table. They didn't quite, they didn't quite get it into the middle, and there was twisting, and so they, he hit, he hit kind of like the hinge or the the, the support for the actual table legs, and um, it was yeah they were off they were off center. And that's part of the reason why I think he threw his, threw his arm down, which got caught under the table. But then uh, on Battle for the Belts, Battle of the Belts, Battle for the Belts, whatever. Battle um, of the Belts, I think, but yeah. I don't even know if that's grammatically correct. Yeah. Um, uh, so Dustin, Dustin stepped in to, uh, to challenge for this new belt called the Interim TNT title. Hmm. What? What? Anyway, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know because Cody's back tomorrow. Yeah. Um, but there was a spot in that that I thought was just superb, and this was a Canadian destroyer uh, that um, Dustin hit onto ta- onto Sammy into right into the dead center of the table, so it split where it should. Um, it looked fantastic, but you know, with these with these spots, they're they're generally you know they're pretty safe, especially when you aim it perfectly. And the velocity in this spin, I just thought, wow, that it has to be had to be uh, replayed and and enjoyed for what what a piece of art that it was. Yeah, he's um, he's a damn good wrestler, Dustin Rhodes, Dustin. Yeah, he is. I'm very harsh on him. I'm not really quite sure why. I like. I don't know. I just there's been a part of me initially I was really into what he was doing in AEW and I think over time just because there's been so many other wrestlers that I'm interested in being signed and then Dustin gets when Dustin gets a gig I'm like oh come on man mm. I'm just impatient I just want Danhausen that's all I want <laughs> I just want Danhausen on AEW yeah I lo- I'm I'm loving his uh, his interaction with the with the ass boys on Twitter. <laughs> And now Billy Gunn is like getting into it and like teasing his own sons, even though he's the manager of <laughs> the Ass Points. Because <laughs> oh. he's like, it's actually pretty great because he's like, it's 
it's reminding him of his past achievements. So, like, he loves the shirt. He's like, yeah, ass boys. They're the ass boys because I was ass man, you know. I was an ass. <laughs> I was the ass man. And look, this is all – I think I, I can't remember if I said it to you or Matt, but Danhausen is booking AEW and he hasn't even signed a contract yet. <laughs> I mean, like, how, how is this happening? <laughs> um. Speaking of people that we will probably see on AEW, I think we'll finish on this one. The Hardy Boys are doing are having their first match in a long time. Is that right? You were it telling is. me. Yes, it was just announced today. Um, there's, um, but it's not in AEW. It's not in correct? AEW, um, and I suppose the um, uh, the theory is that uh, because of the lingering question marks let's say about the way that he exited uh the federation mm-hmm. um i think he he wants to uh, ba- uh do, do do a couple of gigs in the interviews and, and base and you know and showcase just how good he still is and that he's healthy and he's he's fit uh before they sign the dotted line so um great uh there i'll just find the details if i can um, it seems like uh, a lot of people jump to a lot of conclusions about Jeff's exit from from WWE in regards to falling off the wagon and all that kind of thing. From what I can gather, and no one's come out and said it, Jeff definitely hasn't said anything. Matt has kind of um, implied on social media that he had just had enough. Okay, so they're they're they're, they're performing at uh, an event. I think it's called the the King of Sports. No, hang on, just read this again. The, re- the okay, the promotion's called Big Time Wrestling. Okay, and it's in uh, it's in uh, Webster, Massachusetts. It's on Sunday, the twelfth of March, and they're calling it the Hardy Boys twenty two twenty. Let's try that one more time. The Hardy <laughs> Boys twenty twenty two tour. So that kind of suggests to me that um, they they might be doing something similar to what uh, Jeff and Matt did before they returned to uh, WWE five years ago or so, six years ago, something like that. And that mm. was they, they essentially did a tour around all these other promotions collecting belts. Uh, if you, Yes, you, I do you remember, remember that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so maybe they're just going to you know, hit, hit up a, a, a range of, um, of indie, pro, indie shows. Uh, maybe we'll see them on... Um, on the uh, US version of uh, New Japan or JCW uh, or yeah, PCW, great, great, yeah. great. Hopefully, culminating in a in one uh, last good run uh, in AEW because they deserve it. They deserve it, man. I don't know if there's two guys who love wrestling more than them besides maybe Matt Cardona and Brian Myers. They seem to love wrestling a lot. <laughs> um, but like they're genuine fans of it, like we are. I think there's a lot of wrestlers out there who love wrestling, but they're not fanboy fans. And Matt and Jess, Jeff definitely come across as fans. Like they just love wrestling. So that'll be good for them. I think they'll really and they, enjoy they, that. And the Matt Hardy office has been a gimmick that I have not enjoyed. So I will not miss that either. Uh, yeah, well, looks like from the storyline, he's going to be hooking up with um Andrade. So let's see what happens there. Yeah. Well, um, Andrade probably does need a manager um, to cut promos because his promo work is not 
super strong at the moment. Yeah. Um, I just wish they'd let him cut promos. Like when he first, just before he came into AEW, he cut a series of promos on his own uh, that were all in Mexico and stuff, and it was all done in Spanish and just subtitled. Just do that. Just well, pre just pre record the promos. Let him speak in Spanish and and subtitle it. Yeah, they're happy enough to do it with the Lucha Bros. So why not? Yeah, uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's probably an element of like, oh, we can't have too much subtitling on the show because people will get bored and switch off and blah, 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 blah. But I love it. I love it when that happens. Yeah, just to put a um, full stop on that, I, I reckon that Matt um, is one of those uh, few uh, tag team wrestlers. No, sorry, let's put this, let's say this better. One of those that, uh, who, for me, as a, um, as a singles wrestler, has never reached the heights that I think that, that he, he did in the Hardy Boys or Team mm. Extreme or whatever you want to call them. Um, yep. They were always much, much better together. And um, I reckon uh, we, we're going to see uh, some scintillating Young Bucks, Hardy Boys, Lucha Bros, Hardy Boys, yeah, Jurassic man. Express, Hardy Boys. Wow, it's going to be It's what be people want to see. FTR versus the Hardy Boys. I will salivate all over my TV watching that, my friend. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, we got through everything that we wanted to talk about. We can wrap it up there unless there's anything else. Or should we make a prediction of what's going to happen in the next week each and then sign oh, off? Oh, speaking of predictions, uh, I'd like to um, gloat that I got it right, that uh, Puck is now a member of the House of Black. You did get that very right. <laughs> uh, and then, was it you or Matt who said Brody King would be the other? Um, I, I'm, I don't, I'm, yeah, I might, have, might have mentioned that. Yeah. That, that, that's been, that's been teased I for a while. I think it was you. So yeah. that's two from two. Yeah. Um, he, although they didn't, they weren't actually explicit about it. He, he just said that, um, even though I, I'm blind, I can, I can see more clearly yeah. than ever before. And Do you want to just quickly explain for anyone who hasn't heard what your theory is? Right. So, um, the, uh, the, the demon that is, um, uh, um, possessing uh, Malachi Black mm-hmm. um, uh, attacked and, and entered his body through his eye, which is why one of his eyes uh, is 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 surrounded by this black blotchy makeup. Do we makeup. think that happened when he was a, when he was in the eye for an eye match in WWE against uh, Seth Rollins? Probably, right. <laughs> <laughs> and and that eye, his right eye, he he in that eye he wears a um, uh, coloured contact lens. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, the story of this demon is that it possesses people through the eye, and so that's why he uh, uh, spits the uh, the black mist into people's eyes in order to uh, then um, uh, I guess pass on the possession or hmm. it's like a virus. Are. It's yeah, it's yeah, just exactly, jumping from exactly. from host to host. <laughs> and then uh, it um, oh yeah, it kind of makes me think of this uh, as, as, as a show about uh, a virus or whether vampires. I'm not sure. Called the strain. Have you have you heard of that? Anyway. No, I haven't seen that, <laughs> but I've heard, I've heard of it. Yeah. Anyway, so um uh he he pack was was is it pack or puck i don't know whatever <laughs> I, I just uh, go with pack but yeah <laughs> i still haven't worked out what the origin is of that name I'd no, like to know. got no idea yeah um uh, so <laughs> it's never been explained nah. just is 
so so he he was uh, he 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 was misted in in one of his eyes, and then the next week he when he came he was on TV he had a um, an eye patch, mm-hmm. and then when he was in this match with an eye patch, Malachi Black came out and misted him again in the other eye. So now he can't see out of any eye. He's off TV for a while. Then we got a promo last week, and he's coming back, and it's pretty clear that he is going to be um, the uh, third member of the new faction, which is probably the House of Black or something similar to that. I yeah, know. I think House of Black is what it's going to be called. Yeah. Um, my prediction for the next uh, for the coming week is that – John Moxley will obviously return. That's not the prediction. But when he does return, he is going to turn full heel, which was the plan, uh, and and annihilate somebody. Um, and I think that somebody might be Hangman Page. Um, okay. I- interesting, considering they've only just begun the uh, uh, Lee, no, um, Archer, Archer feud. Yeah, but does anyone care about... Lance Archer. Lance Archer, yeah. Um, now, uh, I mean, that's uh, harsh. If but... I go, uh, I'd like to leave on this 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 uh, new prediction that um, because I've heard Scorpio Sky give, read out the number of days since he lost a match, which is like 323 days, and at 350 days since I was pinned or whatever, um, I can't remember the number, but he's like he seems to be every week he's, he's telling us the number of days since he's lost yeah, a match. Yeah. The next match... He's going to lose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, yeah, something will happen. Yeah, don't know. He'll either go undefeated <laughs> until he wins the TNT title, or he'll lose on the next episode of Dynamite, which is tomorrow. Um, look, man, I love talking to wrestling, uh, talking about wrestling with you, and I really enjoy this new format. It's cool to just chat rather than you know breaking down episodes of TV shows bit by bit. Um, if you guys want to help out the podcast, you can do that. There is a new, um, I just noticed this today, uh, on Spotify you can rate uh, podcasts now. Um, so if you listen to us in Spotify, and there's quite a few of you that do, if you can just give us a five-star rating, that gets us in the algorithm and you know gets us out to more wrestling fans and that would be awesome. Um, you can uh, subscribe to us in your podcast player and all of our episodes will drop. This is hopefully going to be uh, each Wednesday night uh, Australian time. These weekly episodes will drop. But anyway, if you subscribe to the podcast, you'll get them anyway. It doesn't matter. Um, Paulie, thank you. And until next week, brother dudes, brother friends, may your wrestling be good wrestling and good night.